All right, welcome back, everyone, to our fifth episode of Frog Flicks. Today is joining me is Michelle Carter, and I'm Richard Edgman, and our third host, Andrew Van Houston, can't be with us. So we were thinking we might do a special episode and do some like movie battles. We have a couple of kind of topics, best actors, best characters, and we're going to roll here on a random a randomizer table, and whatever we get, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. All right, so Michelle, will you start us off? Yeah, okay, we're going to check right. out our first pick. All right, and it is? And it is Ridley Scott. All right, so why don't you go first? So let's go with some movies that I really like of his. I really, really like Gladiator. Yeah. It's probably because I saw it when it came out, you know, in 2000. It was one of those that is just so action packed and it's this ancient world in Rome and you don't get to see any of that. And and obviously today. And I, and so it was, I just thought it was so visually stunning. The soundtrack is amazing. Russell Crowe and this whole Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix thing, this animosity and him trying to convince Joaquin Phoenix that he, you know, he can't kill him or anything and he's the better gladiator uh i really liked it what do you think so is that your pick gladiator yeah okay so if so we kind of have two options you can kind of go sci-fi ridley scott or we can go more medieval Mm -hmm. since you've opened up the kind of historical i'm gonna go with kingdom of heaven okay director's cut that's my favorite okay i think the extra kind of 30 40 minutes really sells it i like ridley scott longer i think he kind of he takes slow long takes and i think for him that works I mean, mm-hmm. you do have quick cutting action in battles, which is in Gladiator as well, but I think the scale, Kingdom of Heaven just blows it out. Yeah, that's true. And then you have like weird roles like Edward Norton as the leper, mm-hmm. who just really sells it. But I'm, I like Gladiator. I think it's good, but I also kind of think it, I don't like my character to die at the end. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, I that's mean, true. That know. was sad. <laughs> A little. Yeah. But, but the music that plays when he's dying. Well, you have in Kingdom of Heaven, you have the same thing. You have yeah. these just huge scores. You have the sound of the horses running. Like I remember there's the assault when all they have all the horses run out. And you have the, the drums and the horse beats. And just it's an epic movie. I think Gladiator wants to feel epic. Right. You have that scene in the beginning where all the ashes are falling. But I don't like the Colosseum is epic, but it's all kind of digital trickery that's true yeah. it's like exodus gods and kings Ooh. kind of trick it's not as we're not at the i'm obsessed with cgi just yet sure, right but it's it's the precursor and then i feel like it's it's grittier in kingdom of heaven that's true it's, yeah everything's dirty and and there's like this like blue tint yeah. and it's just while while because that's what i see visually maybe i don't know that much of the technical aspects of it but like in Kingdom of Heaven, it's just like this blue tint, and in Gladiator, there's this red, orange, or earthy kind of going off yeah. of like the Elysium field. Mm-hmm. He's getting closer and closer. I I agree. I also think that there's more shadow in Kingdom of Heaven, which I think Ridley Scott's stronger in. Lots yeah. of darker lights. Really like when go in a room inside that castle, especially when they're sieged. Harsh blacks. I think that's where he's is so much better than other directors around. Is just hitting these visuals like yeah, Blade Runner. Well, yeah, you yeah. have that whole world and all the aliens and <laughs> Alien I, is, is also wrong? no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he did Alien. Fincher did Alien Three, right? <laughs> no one talks about that. But it's um, the guy who did Avatar. I can't remember his name. Cameron. That's James, right. Cameron. James Cameron did Aliens. That's how you can tell because mm-hmm. you know. But that's a different topic. That's Let's see if that one comes topic. up next. Maybe. Right. So let's roll again. All right. Drum roll, please. Robert Zemeckis. All right. So I'll take this one. Okay. Favorite movie of his, well, I'll give a note to Back to the Future, mm-hmm. one, two. Three's a little iffy, but 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I love detective noir movies. I feel like the human world gets that as well, these dark shadows and this kind of rugged guy who's seen a war and come back, mm-hmm. and he's, you can tell it weighs on him, all paired with a silly cartoon rabbit that <laughs> yep. can't help but freak out when a tune song plays. <laughs> I mean, plus the twist at the end with Christopher Lloyd is yeah. super fun. But, all right, so what about you? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is Forrest Gump. Okay. It's, that's just his, for me, that's his, a classic that I identify with Zemeckis. And I love Forrest Gump. I think it's just the cutest movie. <laughs> it's hard to go against Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, it really it, it, is. It's kind of. <laughs> Lieutenant Diane. You know, right, like, yeah. you're, you're really just, I love the whole story, the way that he tells Forrest's whole story and there's just, no, he leaves nothing out. You know, it's all fiction, obviously. There's, you, you can follow along. And, and I love that he's narrating this to the people on the bench while you're seeing everything that's going on. And my, the scene that always gets to me is, you know, when he finally meets his son for the first time and he asks Jenny if, if he's smart. <laughs> that always gets to me. But um, I also, maybe Forrest Gump is my pick for now, but I also just, honorable mention to The Flight. I really liked that movie mm-hmm. with Denzel Washington having to prove that he's still a good pilot and he pulled off this mega stunt with his airplane while drunk. And so there's this whole fight, you know, Melissa Leo, I think, is she's either the prosecutor, but she's the person in charge of the investigation and this whole mm-hmm. interrogation. And she does a really great role of just being just hounding Denzel Washington. And he's very dark and like broody because he doesn't know what's going to happen. And so I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a better a better movie of his recently. Kind of for both those movies, though, I feel like. Uh, Forrest Gump and Flight is kind of episodic. You have like this period, then this period. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Roger Rabbit's kind of one narrative. It's a story that lives in two worlds, but goes between them back and forth. I don't have like, oh, the first act's over now. I get it. Chapter one, chapter two. So I got to give it to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good pick. All right. Should we go to the next one? Let's go to the next one. All right. Brian De Palma. Okay, you'd like to go? You go first. All right. So I'm going to go. People may have figured out by now big horror fan so i gotta go with carrie mm-hmm. i mean so influential how many like horror movies now i mean we have a remake of carrie but just yeah. the weird girl gets picked on at school and then <laughs> all the popular kids regret it but the opening but the the shot of that part of the the prom that tracking yeah. mm-hmm. shot in seeing all of that setup is just yeah. is beautiful he gets camera work and even though he doesn't have this huge budget he makes it just Bam, he gets what he needs to get. Yeah. He sets it up, and I just think it's power to him as a director. He's also heavily inspired Tarantino, which is mm-hmm. someone else on our list who may come up. And I, I think so. I have to go with Carrie as well. Ooh, we agree. We agree. We agree on Carrie. I think it's story wise, this whole relationship that Carrie has with her mom is just insane. And, like, she's overwhelmingly overpowering. Yes. And so Carrie is just so, you know, fragile because, obviously, I mean, I am discussing this this movie in one of my criminology classes, actually, because there's a whole nature versus nurture thing with how she has this relationship with her mom. But then she gets so picked on at school that... Obviously, the kids at school don't really know what her home life is like. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to see her development, too, because it's like from this, you know, the shower scene at the beginning to then reading this book about, you know, telekinesis and Mm -hmm. like these powers and stuff. Um, So I think it's interesting just like story wise. I think it's interesting how she develops and then makes a decision 
ultimately. Okay. It's fascinating. We're, I'm at this very much visual level, yes. and you're like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, so let's go to the next one. Good pick, good pick. Let's see. Best Fincher. All right, so would you like to go for this one? Okay. Um, for me, Fincher is one of my favorite directors in the world, and I have a hard time choosing a favorite just because I think I've seen most of his work by now. Um, if we're going for, like, favorites versus best. Okay. Favorite, like, favorite is probably The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Okay. I love that movie. Okay. I I read the books. Um, I do like that the book and the movie, at least for the first book in the movie, their endings are different. So you get different things out of them. When I saw that movie, I hadn't really seen a character like Lisbeth Salander before. I really liked how independent she is and how raw she is and how just kick butt she is. Like, I really like her and how she's able to empower herself. And she just doesn't really care about anything else. She's so in her own world. But then she comes together with Daniel Craig's character to solve this crime. And so they're looking at everything from different points of view. Like he's a journalist, he's not an investigator, but she can go deep into the investigative part and find what really happened in this family in Sweden. Um, So that's just my favorite, but my favorite, but I think maybe the better one or not, it's not necessarily which one's better, but more, maybe more popular is the social network. Mm -hmm. What do you think? So, I kind of coming down, it's my choices between Fight Club and Social Network. Oh, I love Fight Club. And I love Fight Club, too. But the thing about Fight Club is actually Edward Norton's performance. Yes. Watching him just slowly degrade as a man who just Absolutely. does not care. Absolutely. Is, is so powerful. And, like, I always think of that when he's at the copier and watching his black eye. Mm-hmm. More of, it's not, you're focused on that one, but the other one, you see how tired he is. That sagging eyelid. And it's just, there's something yeah. about it. And I think, like, the Social Network why it's not my favorite for Fincher is that Aaron Sorkin kind of pushes it more towards his. That's and true. It's, it's credit to Fincher because it still feels like his movie. It has mm-hmm. some of the visuals, but you always notice that it's Sorkin's right there in the corner being like, my dialogue. <laughs> like You see how That's fast true. they're talking? And he won the Oscar for that one. For yes. like his best, best screenplay was, uh, that's what Social Network won that year. And that screenplay is amazing. Like I that social network was the very first one of the very first times maybe that I was able to see all of the elements of a film come together so I could mm-hmm. hear the music perfectly. It was at a perfect volume where it wasn't a, like intruding into the action where the where the music was also so that was um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and they make it so light. It's like a soft yeah, it's very background, almost like a hum. Or um, like, it's a hum. It's this. It's just thick. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, and it, it's and not it adds to the tension without being overpowering. Mm-hmm. And so it was the music plus the visuals plus the writing was like I cannot believe you know this yeah. what I'm watching. You know that's how I felt. I almost felt like the Social Network isn't because I Fincher is is kind of a naughty guy. I would yeah. say he's like a, oh, yeah. a troublemaker, likes taboo subjects. Mm-hmm. Zodiac. Like the social network isn't as far as he like. He has to hold back. He's being totally. too normal. Totally. So I think that's why I like Fight Club because Fight Club gets his like kind of crazy. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Trickster part of his brain, and I really Absolutely. enjoy that about him. And that also happens to me with Seven. Yes, it's, it's very much like this 
you can tell when he's doing these horrific murder scenes that he's giggling and laughing behind the scenes of, oh, look at that rusty hook. Mm-hmm. It's hysterical. Like, mm-hmm. And that's what I want from my director. I want him to just love what he's doing. Love what he's doing. And, and I then, feel he's almost as cold in social network as you know Mark Zuckerberg is portrayed as. Yes. Yes, and absolutely. Then, and like my thing with Seven is what, we're, what, we're, what we were talking about with the, you know, like an episodic type movie. Mm-hmm. Like you have Seven Sins. So I like how he introduces each one and you have a moment with each one. Yeah. And that was actually my first Fincher film that I saw. And so it was like a perfect little step by step. Yeah, it, it does you know? definitely kind of let you kind of slide into his, his world. But I also like yeah. it because it's a case file. So it makes yes. sense in, in this aspect. Yes. Where like if we go back to um, you know Zemeckis' Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. that feels almost chapters in a book. Yeah. Where they're, they're like, oh, that story's done, move on, where right. it's a continuation in Fincher's. Yeah. All right. Well, Fincher is one of our favorites. So, next one, Terry Gilliam. Okay, we're gonna do like Terry Gilliam. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm gonna go with probably one of my not just favorite movies of his, but top twenty movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Hey. Love Johnny Depp. <laughs> love Benicio del Toro. <laughs> they were so I mean, great. I. I, if I could do his monologues as my own wife, I think I would be the most entertaining thing ever. Oh, yeah. But I just love this whole kind of gonzo camera style, these weird kind mm-hmm. of fish-eyed lenses going down and doing weird shots, these kind of bizarre dream-like drug-fueled states. I just – there's something about it that just like – I just get hit with a freight train right at the beginning, and I just got to hold on to this crazy and try and figure out what's going on. But – yeah. I mean, I don't... That movie's insane. Yeah, but that's what I love about it. I love how crazy it is. Yeah. It I don't feel like a normal human being can make this. That's true. And it lets me experience a world I would never, ever never. get near. Yes, absolutely. Because like, I, don't, I don't know about driving 80 miles on the hour doing mescaline, getting to Las Vegas <laughs> before it kicks in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big pass for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, my pick for Gilliam is actually 12 Monkeys. Okay. I... Good. That was one of the more bizarre sci-fi-ish dystopia mm-hmm. that I liked. You know, I'm not I'm not always like sometimes I, I I feel a little bit like, hmm, impress me. And this one really did. It was like the narrative and then where it was going was full of twists that I wasn't expecting. And so I I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was just this bizarre thing that I really didn't, that I didn't understand, but then it all makes sense towards the end. And I'm like, this is, wow, this is good. Yeah. I think it, Gilliam has really good, like, set design and, like, figuring out how it's supposed to look. And I love that the future looks like crap. Yes. It's so gritty and, like, Hodge, the machine is, like, thrown together and it doesn't look like it's been cleaned and, I feel like that's a future where people are actually like, we need to not be here. Right. Like instead right, right, right. of this like. Let's avoid this. Yeah. Minority report kind of clean future. Right. And then Brad Pitt just being so insane in the asylum that yeah. he's in. That was just, I was thrown because it was just, that was a like the perfect addition. He was just so crazy mm-hmm. that it was like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> this is actually pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> Should we go to the next one? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. Spielberg. Okay. I gotta go. At the, it's I can't. It's so important to my life. But Jurassic Park. Hey, I think I've watched that movie. I think hundreds of times as a kid. That's mm-hmm. not even a joke. <laughs> I mean, I know every scene, every almost every line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of the the sequels <laughs> shamelessly. I just I can't. But 
addition of the kids. You add kids yeah. in a Spielberg movie, having adults have to take care of them, but also get the fear of kids. I think there's some something in Spielberg's brain that just gets families. Yes, gets that's how, true. How, like fear works, and even in we're in this ridiculous sci-fi movie with the dinosaurs coming back to life, mm-hmm. I st- you still feel like you want these kids to get out. Yeah, you know, like just yeah, Sam yeah. Neill watching him hate these children, and then this kind of need to care. I mm-hmm. just oh, it's so good. So and the and the the animation and graphics still hold up today. Oh which, yeah, totally. I mean, which is an, an impressive feat all to itself. I mean, there's like even podcasts about Jurassic Park. Of I mean, it's so loved. So yeah, that's a good pick. More love than Chris Pratt. Just so you know. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <Real hype>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, well, honorable mention to Saving Private Ryan. Okay. I did really like that one. I love the whole beginning, that opening scene. When see, that's arriving. where I end in that movie. Oh, like, okay. You like, can't see. Well, no. Why I see that? And I go, okay. Then the rest of it's like I don't care. I got my D-Day movie. That's true. Like, it's a whole like a half hour of D-Day. Yeah, it's its, in own, itself. it's, its own short. Yeah. And then the rest, and then I don't care about Matt Damon. <laughs> if it weren't, if it, anybody else could have been, Ryan. It's, it's, exactly, it's pretty true. <laughs> but I did like. I mean, I like the casting. I just, I'm just really sad that everybody dies on the way there. <laughs> um, but you know, Tom Hanks steering yeah. it. Go always go, Tom Hanks. But actually, my favorite of Spielberg's is Catch Me If You Can. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. I saw it in the theater with my dad, and it was just the perfect thrill of the chase movie. Yes. It was, here I am, here I'm not. You see me, now you don't. And it's Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, and they're just going after each other. And it's like their life, their life's mission is to find each other and run away from each other. Like, yes, I yes. love the their wrong, dynamic. It's almost like a love story. Yes. <laughs> like, like yes. they can't live without each other. And I finally got you, and now you're going to run away. That's right, right. So I, I just love it. It's so good. It's a good. It's hard to compare. I think it's we're just an emotion here. I think yes. it's, it's a great, great movie. Part of me also thinks that his character in that movie becomes the Wolf of Wall Street character. A little like, bit. Like, that's, yeah. that's that guy 20 years later. Totally. And, like, <laughs> He's like, you know, the forging of the checks yes. and the changing of the name and these identities and, like, like trying to, you know. So. That's, <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. see that. Obvious. No, that's great. I haven't thought of that. But that's a, that is a really good movie. That means I won. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Clint Eastwood. Is our next one okay? Actor or director? I think I like him more as a director, so right. I can. So why don't you go first? Okay, my favorite of his is Million Dollar Baby. That was Hilary Swank's winning Oscar role. I liked where it was going. I liked the narrative. I liked the story. And then you think that she's gonna win and she's gonna do so well, and you see her training and she's gonna like be the best boxer ever. And then crack. until <laughs> yeah, that stool, man. Yeah. Why? And, and I, I I just thought it was so it was so powerful emotionally. It really yeah. gets to you it deep, deep within. I do think that sets up a lot of his visual style. That's yeah, that true. kind of that like light bluish gray tone. Mm-hmm. Take out the saturation of colors. I mean he does that again in Jersey Boys a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of his uh, I'm gonna go with an earlier movie he okay. did. Uh, it's called Bird. It's about a famous saxophone player named Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. And it stars Forrest Whitaker as Parker. Which is kind of interesting watching young Forrest Whitaker kind of give this amazing 
just heartfelt performance, kind of like he's all in it. He learned how to play sax for the role. Oh, okay. A little bit. It's it's much darker, uh-huh. grittier. Um, Eastwood is a, uh, he actually knows how to play jazz piano. Hey. And he's he's actually made documentaries, like mm-hmm. interviewing Ray Charles and all these things. So I just love watching this, you know, he's the man with no name. And watching sure. him talk, you know, jive and talk in all these <laughs> cool terms with jazz musicians and watching how much he cares. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a deep biopic that's unapologetically honest with all yeah. his trials because Parker suffered from a heroin addiction like a lot of other musicians at the time. And I just think normally he's, you know, this like the Space Cowboys and he's almost, <laughs> it's Million Dollar Baby is kind of an exception, but he's very yeah. like almost happy or like looking with rose tinted glasses at the past. Yeah. And I think it, watching him be brutally honest is far better. That's but good pick. Yeah. It also has that kind of bluish tone. Not as bad. More okay. Just desaturation and heavier shadows. Okay. But, Interesting. Yeah. I think him as darker is better. I think anybody darker is better, usually. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Steve Carell, probably not. Well, Foxcatcher's good. Well, Foxcatcher was great. That's true. I loved that movie. Yeah. Fo- I mean, I don't think I'd ever been scared of him before. He was creepy, and he made me very uncomfortable. And that just tells yeah. me that he, he did it. It's kind of that. He, he got it. That, like, weird upbeat. The weird, yeah. The he head never tilted up and yep. looking a little down, very... Oh, yeah, yeah. He was really weird. I'll give it to you. Give that one to I you. I love that one. Next one is Wes Anderson. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. How? Where do we? Where do we begin? Where do we begin? All right. Um. Okay. I'm gonna start. Okay. I'm gonna go with Rushmore. Okay. Um. I kind of I associate. I also went to like a private school. Mm-hmm. My parents weren't the richest, so I get this idea of kind of being a crazy artistic kid set up in this kind of more adult business-oriented school and just being this oddball. <laughs> yeah. That, and you talk to teachers and parents way more than any of your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think I just, there's something about, because it's very Wes Anderson's, almost like this kind of self-fulfilling role. Right? Okay. Of like this is, you can get the idea that this was his life, mm-hmm. that he just kind of adapted to a film. Sure. And coming from Texas, all the, like, the other similarities I have with him, I just, there's a connection there I can't move past. But shout out to Royal Tenenbaums. Right, yep. I mean, got to give one to Grand Budapest. Always. There's just so many good ones. There's it's hard so to pick. many good ones. It's really which one do you connect with more? I think because it's it's always a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. So it's which one appeals to you the most. Right. And you can make the case for Isle of Dogs as well. Oh, and, of course. And, you know, Phantasm Mr. Fox and to an extent maybe Life Aquatic. But for me, it really is the Darjeeling Limited. Oh, really? The Darjeeling Limited is such a beautiful movie. I think the dynamic between the three brothers trying to find their mom Mm -hmm. after their dad has died, and their mom is living in a Catholic convent in India, of all places. So they're... They're thinking, you know, she might be a yogi or something in some ashram, but no, she's become a nun. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of just removed herself from the world. And And all three brothers are on this journey... But they don't know where they're going except for the oldest, which is Owen Wilson. And he's really taken control. And he has a lot of his own issues. You know, he's Everyone all, in a, in a oh, Wes well, Anderson movie has lots of issues. Sure. And he's all bandaged up for the majority of the movie. And, and everybody's just kind of wondering why. And, and he's ordering the food for everybody. And, you know, Adrian Brody's like, can you just stop ordering for me? Can <laughs> you just stop telling me what to do, please? Yeah. And this whole back and forth of you could not have more different siblings. Mm-hmm. and how they all come together and 
eventually complement each other and yeah. work together is beautiful. I think it's just a beautiful film. Plus the whole, you know, it's filmed in India on the train. You get these beautiful shots of India, of just this landscape that is also so different to where they're, they're coming from. The whole combination of the soundtrack and then it's just w- really well written. I think it's, that one's my favorite by far. I don't know. That's like my one of my least favorite ones. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just can't like connect with it. I need mm-hmm. I need more silly. I don't feel like it's it gets like Oh, it's definitely not silly. That's yeah. my problem is yeah. I, like I and I want like it, like Royal Tenenbaums is kind of serious is like a very similar plot. Mm-hmm. But Royal is kind of a smart ass. Oh yeah. And that's what like I need I need that or I need Margot giving mm-hmm. some dry line. I don't get enough of that humor that yeah. I kind of associate with Wes Anderson more. And I think and and I think it's just because it's I think I do like the the emotional part of it. Like mm-hmm. I do like how how deep it is and how he's creating these human connections. I don't need it to be silly. I think that's why yeah. I like it. Like okay. it works on its own without needing the humor. Yeah, for I, me, I, I can understand. Yeah. I just want it. Like when right. I like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's just all right. So we have time for about one more. All right, so let's roll the last one. All right, let's see what we get. All right, so we saved the best for last. All right, all right. Stanley Kubrick. Okay, so. Ooh. Would you like to go first, or should I go first? You go first. All right. I'm going to go with 2001 Space Odyssey. I understand that people can go the first 40 minutes. They're boring. You know, Moonbase is boring. Why am I watching apes? <laughs> but there's some about... That's true. Yeah. See, but, yeah. like, I read sci-fi novels, yeah. I, and that's what I mean. I'm here for the battle between man and machine. Yes. I'm here for, like... It's just deep film movie. The camera work is amazing. The sets they made are perfect. The dialogue, every single line of dialogue matters. It's intentional, yes. And there's really not that much of it. No. I think that's why people, there's just a lot of like empty space. It's not necessary. It is. And I like how kind of devoid of humanity the film is until, and then that, that ending sequence when... He's in the in the obelisk, and the room is changing. And he sees himself getting oh, the older. Star Child is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could watch that movie. And the any, soundtrack. Any oh the <laughs> oppressive soundtrack. Yes, like you're just enveloped by it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I could, I could watch it anytime. And like it's just that one's one of the ones that are like it's so everything is so important. Yes, everything yes. is intentional. Everything matters in that movie. There is no like it can be slow and long. But it's all worth it in the end, I think. Yes. That was also one of the films that we I watched last year in a, in a film slash literature class where it's getting into, like, going deep within. Yes, that's a and, good movie for it, too. Yeah, and, and seeing the transcendence because, like, he sees himself getting older and then he's, you know, he's in this room type thing right. with all of these things that have been important for humanity at one point, like this furniture, this, you so, know, the bed and all this. I'm going to a little artsy mm-hmm. on you. So you can think of it as like an evolutionary womb, right? He has to go in there because, you know, it's a whole idea that discovery is very phallic-like and Mm -hmm. the the obelisk is this way of evolution. Yeah. But also all the designs in there are either Renaissance pieces or inspired. And what does Renaissance mean? Rebirth. Rebirth. So you have this deeper literary level. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's why. It's just so good, though. It's so good. It's so good. And I don't care that it's long. No, no. It's it. It's just one of those that you you understand at the end and you see how it all comes together and why everything happens and it's I just love how auteurish he is with this. Well, I don't that's I don't think it it doesn't care if you can keep up with it or not. Yeah. It's just going to say it's whatever it needs to say 
and it almost challenges you to be like, just take it. This mm-hmm. is what the story is. This is what I'm making. I don't have to hold your hand. That's I'm, true. I, you're smart enough to get it. Yeah. Or you're not. Or not. Yeah. And it's kind of that. It's very daring. I mean, just mm-hmm. I like that. I like the almost challenge to an audience member, which we don't really get nowadays. Now it's like you have to make sure everything's spoon fed. Right. Yeah. Um, what about you? My favorite is actually A Clockwork Orange. Oh. That movie is uh. insane. No, That yes. was crazy. A crazy ride. This whole scene when they pry open his yes. eyes and they oh. make him watch all these things. Ah! And the you know what? when oh, he starts vomiting. When they, well, they and the them. whole, you know, singing in the rain scene at the house with oh, the my. guy. Yeah. It's just, that one's one of the ones where it's, you know, you're seeing things on screen, but the story, it's based on a book. Yeah. And, and so the story is so strong. And you know, you know how they have this language that they speak in? It's not entirely the a connected slang. English. Yeah, the slang. Like The book is written like that. Of course. And like, so, because why not? <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it's, it's like his diary. It's his thoughts. And right. You don't edit your thoughts. You right. Know? And so this, I, I loved how he just, tran- how Kubrick translates this on screen. And you see this, this vulgar, like raw power that, of this kid or guy who just doesn't care. Yeah. Who just doesn't care, and he thinks he can do whatever he wants. And they try to, um, they try to rehabilitate him, and he can, and they can't. Well, see, I I view it. They kind of do. They kind of do, well, but he doesn't. I actually view like that that ending thirty minutes mm-hmm. is actually far makes me more upset. Like like yeah, like, like physically upset because we see. I hate that you hate him, right? Yes, he's, you do. He's a monster. He really is. And he goes and he's like, he needs to be in jail. Good. And the stuff, the reconditioning program makes you actually feel sympathetic for a person you should have no sympathy for. Yeah. And then how the government like uses him as an example. Well, and then classical the, music. But and... the prep, the, at the very end, the press says we're going to fix him and that mm-hmm. he's like a poster boy right. for this other political movement. It makes you just take a step back at your own world and go like, <laughs> What crazy shit are we doing? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm nothing. I don't think to this extent, but like the fact that we just got this one perspective and how you could see it ten different other ways. Yes. Later, and but at the end of the day, he's right back where he started again. He got Oopsie. A, yeah. I mean, there literally is no growth. No. In any in, for anybody. No. Like no. Everything is futile. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters. World's just messed up. Absolutely. But I think, I mean, yeah, all of what you said, and I just think that Kubrick shows this world so well. Mm -hmm. Like, he just gets into everybody's just deep emotion, and, like, it crawls under your skin, and you're just like, ooh. You're not like, you don't like what you see. But when the movie is over, you know how good it is. Oh, absolutely. I just think of that, the milk bar. Oh. How, how, like, oh. it's, it, no, it feels milk. alien. Like, it, it feels even weird to talk about it, but no, it's just it reminds you of like, so a, good. like a, a video game, like Bioshock. Yeah. Have you ever seen those clips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like that world, totally. but like people, not just, yes. it's not like a designer going, oh, this be neat. It's like <laughs> people right. in a basement. <laughs> like, yeah. this is where we hang out with mannequins that don't have arms or heads. Mm. Like, okay, wow. All right. We ended on well, an interesting note. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But if you guys would like to have any comments on our choices today or tell your own, make sure to post them on our Twitter page. Yeah, and at FrogFlix. Yeah, or on our uh, post at TCU360. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you again next week. Andrew should be returning. Uh, so we'll have all three. And we'll go back to our normal format. Yeah. Signing off, I'm Richard Edgman. I'm Michelle Carter. And thanks for sitting with us. Bye. Bye.